Well, hello, everybody, and Happy New Year 2024. Here we are, January 2nd, the first show of the year. And to kick things off, I decided that rather than having a guest this time, I would be the guest and I would host my own show. And um, I've advertised this with dial-in opportunities. So this is a live radio show. You might very often, as listeners, um, hit the replay button. But this is something that is available live. And you can actually dial into the show today. So get your pens and paper ready. I will give you the number in just a moment. If you haven't listened to the Words Women and Wisdom radio show before, we stream live out of BBS radio in California and we syndicate to over 100 stations globally. So there's a huge opportunity for women everywhere to be listening typically to the stories of other women who I interview my guests, who are women who've risen from tragedy to triumph and now out in the world doing amazing work, impacting their community, impacting globally and making a huge difference. A lot of them are social media enterprises, as is mine. And I will certainly share a little bit of my tragedy to triumph story as well, just to kind of set the context for what we're going to be talking about today. So today is all about increasing your income in 2024, really leveraging and harnessing this new year's energy. So that's our topic for today. Here is the number if you'd like to dial in, if you have questions, you don't very often get free services from an executive coach. So you do get an opportunity to ask questions during the show. So here's the number. If you are toll free, you can dial uh, through the states and the number is 1-888-627-627. 6008. Now I'm broadcasting from Calgary, Canada at the base of the Rocky Mountains. So if you can't do a toll-free number, here's the direct line you can also call in, which is 323-744-4831. So again, those numbers 888-627-6008 for toll-free or for direct dial elsewhere. It's 323 323- 744-4831. I hope that you will join me because this is part of the learning for 2024 is what did we do last year that worked really, really well? And how can we do even more of it? It's a concept I reference in my best-selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. And it's called Appreciative Inquiry. Thank you to David Cooper Ryder for developing this process. So I actually used two out of his four questions. What's working really well? And then secondly, how could that be even better? And I see it used a lot in meetings. I encourage my clients to use this approach as well, because when we inquire in that fashion, rather than saying, well, why didn't this work? Or what happened with this? A lot of times, if it's in a group meeting, um, it can be sort of like an inquisition. It's almost like asking the question, why? You know, why didn't with this go better? Why didn't this go smoother? What was our greatest challenge? Who wants to be in that energy? You want to be leveraging the energy of the new year, which is all about new, fresh opportunities. We can't change what happened in 2023, but we can certainly learn from it. So when we appreciate what worked well and then inquire into how could it be better, it makes things very much simpler to stay on this positive note, this positive energy. So you really want to be leveraging this new year's energy. And how do we do that? Well, first thing is being very aware of your own energy cycle. Do you 
find that you're a night owl? Are you an early morning person? Do you pay attention to using your highest peak energy times for the most critical work in your business? Whether you're a professional, a working professional or an entrepreneur, if you're tapping in and using that time for your most critical work, whether that's revenue generation, whether it's strategy, whether it's an important client project, how can you do your best work? How can you have those ideas flowing where they're sometimes just downloading through you. They almost feel like they're brilliant ideas and you don't know where they come from. That's the magic of using your energy wisely. Now it's new year energy anyway. So pay attention, have a look at the calendar that's coming up. Have a look at things like moon cycles, have a look at when uh, Mercury in retrograde finished, for example. A lot of things can be tied into the natural recurring cycles. This is going to be my first tip, actually. So especially if you're an entrepreneur, instead of trying to introduce something new to a, a potential client, look at what's already happening around them and then tap into that. So what I mean by that is, you know, obviously when COVID was happening, It wasn't something that anyone could ignore. It impacted everybody. And so instead of trying to sell people on the idea of going online with their business because COVID was happening and there weren't as many live speaking events, there weren't very many networking events happening in the local area, you didn't have to sell people on that idea. They knew COVID was happening. But what they were looking for were other creative ways that they could still manage their business. They could still attract new clients. They could service their existing clients. They could add to it, renew, recycle, all of the things that we love to do when we have amazing clients. Recycle. Hmm. That's a separate topic. We'll come back to that later. But for the energy piece, leveraging New Year's energy, leverage the natural cycles of what's happening in the world. It's spring coming up next. So new growth, new energy in fall, we get all the leaves dropping off the trees. And it's a great time to reflect when we have the bare bones to to drop the extra things that aren't working, to just focus on the the main branches of your business, the main focus areas of your role at work, what provides the most value. So use those energy cycles and then also look around and see in your industry what's happening, natural recurring cycles, natural things that are in the news. What is it that people are already aware of And if you're not aware of, you probably need to start looking at what are some of the publications that you're reading? What are some of the news articles you read, websites that you go to, experts that you follow? What are some of those key trends that are coming up? Now, those are things that you can then tap into when you're talking with your clients. And sometimes they've heard of those things and sometimes you're introducing new information, but at least you've got a reference point. As I go through, I'm going to be speaking about using personality science as well. This is a very important concept because when we think about who we know in our business, who we know in our family, the different personalities, we very rarely, if we have more than one child, very, very rarely do we have the same personality repeating and repeating. It's not like you get four identical children that all have the same personality. Usually they're very, very different. So in that same Uh, thinking when we have different personality styles naturally occurring 
it really serves us. And the same thing works with clients and with coworkers as well and team members. It really serves us to understand what is their preferred personality style. How do they like to receive information? Because there are, in fact, four different personality types, and each one of them likes information delivered differently. We're going to dive into that a little bit deeper later on. So knowing the natural energy cycles in your business, in your your industry, and not having to sell anybody on anything, what you're doing is serving, and you're serving, providing high value, paying attention to your own peak energy cycles, natural energy cycles, make sure that you have lots of breaks in between your work activities. Even if it's a five minute break to go to the coffee machine, to step outside, take several deep breaths. If it's an opportunity to work for 90 minutes at a time in a time block, and then take a, a 10 or 15 minute break, you will come back with renewed energy, refreshed, invigorated. And often the greatest ideas pop up In those break times, when your mind is actually not concentrating on the task, not trying to think your way out of it, but really tapping into what I refer to as universal wisdom. It's an opportunity for greater consciousness, your consciousness to connect with greater consciousness, the universe, and download some brilliant ideas. But they won't come to you when your mind is busy all the time. Busy, busy, busy when you're thinking and trying to think your way out of a problem. There needs to be space. It's almost for women like um, if you've ever if you've ever gone to your wardrobe in the morning and you open the door and you're not quite sure what you're going to wear that day and everything is jam-packed in so tight, you, you've got so much in there, you can't have the space to actually see what's even in there. And it's very easy to miss something that got stuffed at the back or squeezed in between something. So... It's time. It's time to focus for January. It's time to pare down. So great time for cleaning out the closet if you haven't uh, haven't done that before. I mean, you don't have to wait for spring cleaning for that to happen. But pare down so that you can actually see what you have. And by doing this, you'll be able to work smarter versus working harder because you'll be able to find what you need faster. You'll be able to visualize much easier what you need to lay your hands on right away. So the closet idea works with business as well. And it works as a great tool. I uh, very often use that analogy in my coaching work as an executive coach to create space. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I want to work with a coach in 2024. I'm all excited. I'm going to get a lot more done. Well, very often my first conversation is about what are we going to stop doing? Because usually that, like the closet, the life is jam-packed already with busy work. Yes, it's, it's very often about what do you need to stop doing first so that you can create a little bit more space to then start working more strategically, to start working on the things that will move the needle in your life or in your business. But we have to have a little bit of space because otherwise, at the end of our coaching calls, um, we're going to have some action items and you're not going to be able to fit those in. And then we get to the next call and you might not have made as much progress as you wanted. So very often it's about putting a sheet of paper down. So literally you're drawing a letter T on a piece of paper. You're putting above the line of the T, the uh, horizontal line, what it is that you're working towards. And then on the 
left side, you're putting down the things you need to stop doing, things that waste your time, things that suck your energy, things that could be delegated and could be done by someone else, or things you just need to stop doing, period, because it's a bad habit that leads you down a bad path (laughs) into things that uh, if you hadn't have taken step one, you wouldn't be taking step four and five, which are the things that are not productive. So what do you want to stop doing on the left? And then on the right side, it's about what is it you need to start doing? And sometimes these are simply the opposite, right? I'm going to stop watching Netflix or that series on Netflix. And instead, I'm going to use that time to start. Maybe you're doing a a course. Maybe you're working with your coach and doing some homework, doing some, some different activities. Maybe you're reading a new book that's going to give you some um, incredible insights whatever it is what are you going to start doing instead so you you use the time that you were wasting and not getting super value high leverage value from and then flip it to what could I use that time for instead that would really move the needle Again, if you're just dialing into the show now and you've come through and didn't hear the beginning, this is a live show today. So it's a special show. If you wanted to dial in with questions, I'm here to talk about increasing your income for 2024, whether you are a woman entrepreneur, whether you're a working professional. So the numbers, again, are toll free. You can dial in 1-888-627-6008. Or if you're anywhere else in the world and toll free doesn't work for you, you can dial in on 323-744-4831. So we talked about energy cycles. Excuse me. We talked about your natural personal energy. And we talked about this concept of appreciative inquiry. So appreciating what is working really well, inquiring into how could it be even better? Next time you're going to a client meeting, if you're an entrepreneur, you might want to try this as a client conversation, right? Very often when I'm working with my clients or potential clients, I don't have, I don't have objections come up because I, I ask questions that don't really lead down that path. So what I will say to the, the new potential client is, Hey, lovely to meet you. I'm curious, tell me a little bit more about you and your business. And depending on where they start, very often gives me some clues as to their personality style, for starters. Um, It also, though, tells me what they're proud of, because people usually will talk about the things that they're most excited about, they're proud about, as the starting point when you ask what's working really well. They will share willingly, happily, positive energy. And then after a while, I will ask them how that sounds amazing. You sound like you're on a great track. How could it be even better? I have to ask. I'm a coach. How could it be even better? And then they'll share some more. And usually if there is something that's not working very well, that's the time that it'll come out. Well, you know, I want to do this and this would be better if we change this because the last time, blah, blah, blah. So I get very often to understand where there might be some challenges, but without asking them, tell me about your biggest pain point. Tell me about your greatest challenge. I mean, who wants to be in that negative energy? So keeping it in positive energy makes a huge difference. How could it be even better? They share. And then at some point in the conversation, when I feel like I've gathered enough information to be able to make a recommendation, I will say, hmm, 
it's so interesting. I'm so glad we connected. I, I feel a synergy here, assuming I do, right? I feel a synergy here. Can I share a little bit more about what I do? Because I think that I can actually help you get to your goals, what you wanted to expand to even faster. And we, if we could co-create together a way to get there, wouldn't that be amazing? And I very often, very rarely have people say, no, I don't want to hear anything about what you're up to or how you could help me because they've already said that they are looking to expand and grow and here's what could be even better. So then once I know that I can tailor my conversation and my services around what it is that they're looking for. And so we do literally co-create and we dovetail a solution based on what will work for them. So it's a custom solution. There's no object, nothing to object to. The question at the end of that conversation is simply, it sounds like we've got a lot more synergy than we even first realized based on this conversation. When do you want to get started? That's the question. And then I ask them to look in their calendar. And when is a convenient time that most weeks you are available for a call? And I usually work with my clients every two weeks because once a week seems to be a little bit too much. It seems like they're all working on the things that we identified as action items and not maybe some of the strategic elements that they had planned out. So once every two weeks is a really nice bridge so we can have them working on their strategy items, have them working on the action items from the sessions that we've had as, as our coaching sessions. So are you available at Tuesday at one or Tuesday at five or Thursday at 10 or Thursday at two? And I'll give them some options and we'll see what we can do. And then we'll get them booked in to kick it off and have recurring meetings. So when it's a recurring session, you put me in your calendar first because it's important it's strategic. It's going to move the needle. It's going to advance the work we do together. Now, I mentioned being trained as a certified, oh, sorry, as an executive coach. I've been doing that for the last 14 years. And it's not uncommon, even when we have that first conversation, for me to have a couple of ideas and say, even before we have our first coaching session, you mentioned X, Y, Z. Can I share a couple of things? And I had a... Um, a really sweet client of mine just recently where we had a short conversation and before we even got coaching started, she came back and uh, sent me a little video and said, oh my gosh, this is what happened. And I've already got a new client. And I was like thrilled because we haven't even started working together yet, but already just by making one or two tweaks, she had been able to land a new client. Love those stories. So by training, if we haven't met already or you haven't listened to any of the shows before, my background is in human resources. I was uh, 15 years in senior HR roles, working my way up from an admin role into a VP of a global talent management firm. And in that period of time, interviewed and hired about 6,000 people. So I'm well-versed as my clients are growing and scaling in how do they step into being a CEO, not a C, not acting as a solopreneur anymore, to develop and build out the practices and the habits and the leadership style to have a scalable business. Because at the end of the day, those entrepreneurs listening, you cannot do it all yourself and you shouldn't do it all yourself. Your expertise, your genius is in a particular area. 
That's what your clients are paying you for. So the lower level administration tasks that require either deep expertise. I mean, if you're going to be running Facebook adverts, why would you be setting that up yourself when you can actually hire that out at a relatively economical cost? Same thing with bookkeeping. You know, why would you do that yourself? And there's a lot of other tasks, depending on what kind of business you have, that don't require your high level of expertise. I mean, like me, right? If you have trained for, um, you know, I went through a six month coaching program. Now I've got 15 years of experience doing that, but also over 30 years of business experience. It's like going to the dentist, right? You don't go to a dentist because you want um, quick and cheap. You want to have the best experience. And that dentist has gone to school probably for about five years initially, and then another two. And they've made the investment to have a hygienic, sterile workplace. They've got nice offices. They've got a great team that is friendly, resourceful, able to help you with your insurance payments to get things rolling. They've got trained, certified, and happy um, hygienists because they're actually making a difference they're paying them a little bit more than market value. So the hygienists who do so much of the work for them and have an opportunity to build rapport with the clients, those are the people who will very often keep clients coming back. And then the dentist eventually will be doing the work. So all of these expenses are part of doing business, but what you're paying for, you don't want to have you know, a quick, cheap, painful experience going to the dentist. You want to have it be smooth, hygienic, happy, as pain-free as possible, and to walk out with the work completed. That's what we do with coaching as well. So it's leveraging 30 years of business experience, working in eight startups, four different countries, working from, let's say, being on the phone in sales initially, long time ago, through to being a VP of a global talent management firm, and then a founder for Women and Wisdom Media myself as a best-selling author, speaker, executive coach, chartered HR professional, and also certified in EQI, emotional intelligence. This is all the skill set that you get when we work together. So let's dive into looking more at <clears throat> some other strategies. Now I'm going to focus for a few more minutes before we go to a break in about five minutes um, on if you are listening as a women entrepreneur. When was the last time you did a SWOT analysis? Now, I know that this is something that is a classic, right? Looking at your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And two of those are inside your organization, and two of them are outside the organization. The opportunities and threats are things that are happening outside of your control, but we need to be aware of and we need to plan for. And then how can you bring your strengths to the forefront to offset some of those opportunities and some of those threats that are coming up? That's the work that is highly important. Again, it's something so simple, so simple, you probably forgot about it, right? So take time to do a quick SWOT analysis as well. And then also look through your client list and look at who's investing the most with you. Who is your most popular customer? What is it that they're buying? If you're focusing your energy on finding more of those, repeating 
right? Look at where 80% of your business comes from and what type of clients are those clients versus the ones that don't have as high a dollar value? Because at the end of the day, we only have 24 hours in every day, each of us, right? That's non-negotiable. So how are you going to use that time? Do you want to spend your time on all of those relationship questions, the administrivia that goes along with a $5 product, or do you want to have maybe less, but higher ticket items, higher value items? So maybe you're spending your time building deeper relationships with 20 clients versus trying to serve 2000 clients. It's really worth reflecting and doing that analysis, especially if you're feeling like last year, by the time we got to the end of the year, I was actually feeling like I was burning out, which can happen easily for entrepreneurs when we're working harder than we need to and not working smarter. And that's part of the reason that coaching is so successful. Professional athletes hire a coach for a reason, right? If they're going to go to the Olympics, They hire a coach because the coach can see them in action and see things that they can't see. If they're a gymnast, if they're in sports, if they're playing golf, right? Tiger Woods, for example, he can't see his own swing unless it's reflected back after the game when he's way off the course and there's not much he can do in the moment to course correct. But having a coach there will be able to guide and tell, here's one subtle change. Here's one small shift. Here's one behavior change. Here's one action change. Here's one movement change. Here's one strategy change that will make the biggest difference. I'll give you a quick example. A lot of times I have clients coming to me and they are either in their first six to nine months in business or maybe they're just starting up um, or maybe they're scaling up. But often the topic of websites comes up. Now, if you've looked at website pricing, I mean, you can pay anywhere from, you know, five or five or six hundred dollars to $10,000, $30,000, depending on how advanced you want to get with the technology, how many bells and whistles you want it to have. However, the most important part isn't actually the getting the website up and running, because unless you've done the work, And it is a bit of work, but it's so worthwhile to really understand who is my ideal customer? What is it that they're looking to solve? Why are they paying me? What's the result that they're paying me to help them to achieve? If you're not clear on at least those two things, then setting up a new website isn't going to be very relevant. The other most important thing, though, is so you have a beautiful website but no one's looking at it because you don't have a traffic generation strategy. So how are you going to guide people to even get to look at your website? That is a different conversation, but it's an important one. So for newbies who are just getting into business for themselves, they haven't necessarily thought through because they just don't know the questions to ask yet. Again, that's part of the value of working with a seasoned business coach, executive coach. So For those of you who are professionals and you're listening to this and saying, hey, what about me? I want to be increasing my income in 2024. We're going to go to a short break. And then after the break, I will share more with you on tips for working professionals. And maybe we'll have some of those dial in as well. So I'm going to play now a quick video. This is 
actually back from when my first um, solo book, I've written a number of books as a contributor to anthologies with people like Jack Canfield, Deepak Chopra, Jane Warlow. And this is my first solo book, and it's called Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. My copy is obviously well used. (laughs) That work is 40 different words and word concepts to help women ask for what they want and get it. So when I first launched it and it hit bestseller overnight, no big surprise, um, I actually did an introductory video, which people found really interesting to understand a little bit of backstory of why did I write the book and what's it all about? So let's air that uh, video and then we'll uh, have that as a bit of a break. And then when we come back after the video, I'll be sharing more about insights for women professionals. How can you increase your revenue in 2024. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. 
Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews, and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father, which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset, and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe Every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today. Yes, it's a fabulous book. It's been very well received. It's on Amazon as a um, physical copy, physical book, also an ebook. And if you're an audiobook gal um, or gentleman and wanting that as um, something to listen to while you're out running, walking your dog, etc., women on the go, you can now also get the audio version on or sound. A-W-E-S-O-U-N-D. And there's actually some bonuses, including some coaching time when the All Sound audiobook version is purchased. So I'll um, I'll put a link in on that at the very end. So we have a couple of different topics. I was talking mostly about as women entrepreneurs, how do we increase income for 2024? So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk to more of the women professionals in the audience, although it's not too late. If you have a question, you're just dialing in now, tuning in. If you uh, are after lunch, you can also dial in. The live number to dial in is toll-free 1-888-627-6008. And you can also listen um, or dial in rather if you're listening outside of the US. And the number for that is 323-744-4831. I love answering direct questions live. This is a New Year's special, hence the sparkliness in the background. And uh, wanted the opportunity to speak and connect with many of you that only get to listen to the show normally when it's uh, when it's uh, with a guest. So for the professionals in the world, 
how can you increase your earnings in 2024? Now, a lot of companies having gone through COVID, they're still catching up on their revenues. They're still being very um, judicious about giving salary increases. So how can you offset that? Well, first thing is, here's a little bit of interest, uh, interesting data. And it's uh, data actually from my book. The, the book itself is 40 different words and word concepts, but it's also got 175 different references at the back. So there's lots of really good uh, juice, and, juice and statistics in there. So the U.S. National Bureau of Economic Business Studies actually explored this hypothesis that women avoid salary negotiation. And what they found was when they did a study, a job advert that was placed stated that an hourly salary rate was negotiable. Women negotiated 9% more than men. However, men negotiated the salary when the wage was set as being fixed 29% of the time. And when the wage was set as being fixed, women did not ask. They didn't even ask if it was negotiable. So women overall are missing out on a lot of, a lot of money. Um, Babcock and Lachever, Linda Babcock, Sarah Lachever, explored that even further in their book, Ask For It. And they had some survey data that shows that men are four times more likely to negotiate their first salary. Now, compound interest, right? Simple concept. But when you don't negotiate your very first salary, you kind of set yourself up to be behind the eight ball because then you'll go into that first job, the next job that you go for, you might think to ask for a 5 to 10% increase or 5 to 10K increase when you go for your next job, now that you've got even more experience. And as you build out your career, you're still going to be at a lower level than if you had actually negotiated your very first job. And it compounds. And in fact, women who do not negotiate their first salaries lose by the time they reach age 60. Get ready for this. It's a big number. They lose more than $500,000 simply by not negotiating their salary. That's a huge amount. You certainly don't want to be missing out on that. So I worked in human resources. As I mentioned, I've interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career before dedicating my work to uh, more to coaching. Um, so I know women just don't ask. So that is something that you can make a difference with right away. You can learn how to ask for a salary increase. You can learn how to set yourself up for success. Now, I talk about another lady in my book. She's actually a, a VP for a bank, a regional VP now. She's got promoted. Um, and she talked about taking care of her own career, not waiting for career review time, which is you and everybody else in your department getting a review, um, not waiting for your performance annual performance review to come around, which is like, again, you're one of many. So it's harder to stand out, but really take charge of it. Decide what you want to accomplish in Q1, Q2, Q3 and Q4 is a great start. Once you've got those things identified and you're clear on what your key performance indicators are, and if you don't know what that is, that what they are for your role, 
Ask your boss, ask your leader in your next conversation with them. How are you measuring me for success? I'm curious. I want to make sure that 2024 is a year where I'm considered for a promotion. So I want to make sure I know what the numbers are because business is all about numbers. So what is it specifically that I'm measured on for success? And if you're more than one person doing the same role, you could also ask your leader to share more about what is it that I do differently than Sue or Mary or Joe? What is it that I do differently? What do I bring to the role that really stands out and you consider to be highly valuable? Now, it could be something as simple as a sense of humor. It could be your customer service orientation, your punctuality, your neat handwriting for, for notes, your willingness to volunteer for special projects. It could be a number of different things, but sometimes we don't even realize because we're just naturally doing those things because that's who we are and how we operate. And yet those are the things that people very often do notice because they're extremely valuable. And we just assume that everybody does it like this. No, very often that skill, that ability to keep humor in the conversation might be considered quite rare in your team. So make sure that you know what you're being valued on, what you're being measured on, what those key performance indicators are. Your company may or may not use that concept depending on the size of the organization. But if they don't, how much value would it be for you to take to your boss as part of a New Year's conversation? I've been thinking about my career. I'm really dedicated to advancing in my career. So I've developed some key performance indicators for my role. Now, these could be the things that make the difference and are measurable. They're measurable and trackable and make it something that is easy to track because you're already filling out this form. So one extra step to calculate X, Y, Z, and you know, it's going to be different for every job, um, isn't a big thing to actually be tracking. So simplicity is required when it's about tracking and measuring results. Otherwise, we won't do it. <laughs> we just won't do it if it's not simple and easy. So know what your values are. If you're in a customer facing role, what are some of the things that you could bring to the role that will further help customers to have a great experience, to help retain customers, highly valued? Each company knows that it costs way more to get a new client than it does to retain an existing client. So if you have that front customer facing role, what can you do to stand out? If you have customer service metrics, how can you make sure that you're the one who's getting the five out of five or 10 out of 10 scores all the time? What can you do to go a little bit above and beyond and really have that customer have a great experience so that they do come back and then start tracking? What's the value of those calls? When a customer comes back, how much do, does that generate in revenue for the organization? And those are things that you can start counting and calculating and tracking for when you have your performance review or when you have a career review. Some companies combine the two and do it as one session, even though they're different topics. <clears throat> Excuse me. So can you increase customer retention? Can you, because you're in a sales role, can you impact directly new business revenue generation? Can you impact the company of the staff around you, employee morale? Can you impact employee engagement? If you are a supervisor or team leader or director, how do you measure the value that you are contributing as the leader 
with your particular leadership style? What is the numbers that make the difference in your department? And how does your leadership style contribute to securing those numbers? Is it consistency? Is it competency? Is it caring? And those are some of the three things that help leaders, particularly women leaders, to build trust. When you're consistent, when you are competent, and when you show that you care. You show you care not only by listening, but by acting on the feedback that you get from your team. That shows that you listened and you did something with the information, so you're caring as well. So what are some of those things in your role that you can start measuring, tracking, and then you can ask for a career review, even if it's out of sync because your company normally does them on an annual basis. If your boss knows that you are ready to take on more responsibility, if you're ready to expand and grow and you're ready to go the next level, whether that's inside their team or maybe you are um, at a point where you're, you're kind of bored with what you're up to in, the, in that team, you can then commit to helping to hire, be part of the hiring team and interview and be involved with training and orientation for your counterpart. And it can be a, a structured process, a warm handoff over a period of weeks so that the person isn't left high and dry who's your supervisor. Because at the end of the day, Usually they like this approach. If you decide that you're going to finish that role, you're done with it, and you want to move on to something more expansive and exciting, you could quit the organization, possibly with two to you know, four weeks notice, and then they're going to be scrambling to find someone else to backfill your role. You've already showed that you've got the values of the team, the values alignment with the organizational values. Why would they not want to keep you and do a structured handover to a new department and let you stay within the organization, especially if you've been measuring your results, tracking your results, you can speak to that in an internal interview as well. And it's going to put you in a much stronger position than anybody else applying when you have that data at your fingertips. So know your value. What can you do to increase revenue, save the company money by reducing expenses, impact um, employee engagement, cut back turnover. There's usually some sort of metric which is trackable, measurable and valued by the organization. That's what you need to keep a, a personal record of. And it's great to be able to speak to that in interviews. If you are interviewing with another company to not just say, well, I did this job and I just did my job. I was able to increase production by 10% by doing X, Y, Z. That was my contribution. I was able to save the company some money Actually, I saved them, if I think about one of my roles, I saved them about uh, $225,000 by switching benefit providers. <laughs> we actually got the same services. No, we got better services, but from a different benefits provider. And it saved a huge amount of money. So quantify and new clients that are new potential um, employers like to have those kinds of stats on what it was that you did that made a difference. How did you really move the needle? Because uh, most companies these days are focusing on the numbers because the numbers are what drive the bottom line. So the other things are about being seen as being ready for a promotion. So not only are you asking your leader to give a uh, frank career performance review, give you some feedback, 
showcase what you've been up to in case they're not aware of some of the meaningful numbers that you're actually helping to move the needle on. But but show up like you're ready for the promotion. Dress like you're ready, already in that next higher level position. For ladies, even as simple as putting on a jacket, a jacket that has a collar, right? I mean, the golf courses, when you think about going to play golf, they always ask you to have a shirt that has a collar. It's not just a round neck t-shirt because it adds a level of credibility and a little bit more structure and when you show up and you're wearing a jacket it it gives you more of an air of credibility just by wearing that one thing the other thing is you know I have a shirt today that has a lot of pattern on it it's kind of fun this is a new year's uh, new year's uh, call but if you want to be seen as an authority in your organization you might want to stick to plain colors not maybe purple suede. <laughs> I mean, I'm a radio show host. I'm an executive coach. I get to you know express my personality. Um, but having high contrast, if you look at newscasters, they use a deep tone in their voice. So they have that level of credibility and authority. They're not talking in a high-pitched voice so they don't sound like Mickey Mouse. And they also have a high contrast very often in their um, wardrobe. So it's a white shirt or a dark suit, um, a dark tie, or maybe it's a tie that has a bit of personality to it, showing that they are modern and keeping up with the times. But also the shirt is crisp fabric. It's not something flimsy. Um, you're not very often going to see um, florals and chintz and flimsy fabric, something that has some structure, some credibility, some solidness to it. That's what you want to be showing up wearing. It's not to look like everybody else. We don't want people to become like robots. You can still express your personality, especially as a woman, if you have a scarf or a pin or funky glasses. If you're a guy, it's easy to switch out your tie and have some you know, really fun, playful socks, for example. It doesn't have to stifle you, but it does give an opportunity to, to others to see you in the role of the leader of the supervisor, of the director, because you're already dressing like you own that position. So when you ask for it and you ask to be considered, it's a case of, you know, tell me more about what are the skills required for me to be considered for a director level position? What are the specific skills and competencies I need? And where do you think I fit on that scale? Am I close in my communication skills, in my delegation skills, in my strategic skills, in my, um, business expansion skills, whatever's most important to that role. Find out where you are now as measured, whether it's an arbitrary measure or not, as measured by your boss. And then you can also bring out your portfolio and talk a little bit about your career advancement. You know, did you realize over the last quarter, here's what I've been focusing on and here's the numbers. I thought yeah, this could be kind of a fun conversation to look at what the results have actually been. Because I know that as a busy leader, sometimes we don't have the opportunity to track each of our team, depending on how many people are on the team. So I wanted you to be aware of some of the things that I'm ready and capable of. And I want to start taking on more responsibility. I feel I'm ready. What's coming up? What is an open conversation? What is a stretch project? What is a volunteer opportunity? These are all ways that you can, at a low risk scenario, 
give your leader the chance to see you in action in a new role, a bigger, more expanded role. So ask for it. Because if you don't ask, they won't know that you want it and then you won't get it anyway. And it's always a stretch and it's always an opportunity to grow, just like an elastic band, right? When you pull an elastic band back and then you let it go, it's like a catapult. The further you pull the band back to stretch it, the further the item will fly forwards because we don't grow through the easy stuff. We grow through the hard stuff. For me, it was a case of a lot of growth, especially growing up as a child in London, England, where I watched my dad who came back from World War II with a, took a bullet in Dunkirk and he had PTSD and he drained the dignity right out of my mom, as I mentioned in that uh, book advert. He literally turned her into a shell of the woman that she once was. And I swore that I was never going to be that person, which is why I do the work I do today, helping women to have more confident conversations so they can speak up, ask for what they want, prove that they deserve it with value and claim it so they actually get it. It's really important work. And what I'm really proud of is with the the purchase of the physical books, copies of Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, to be able for everyone that's purchased to donate one back to a women's shelter foundation or not-for-profit. And I do that in stacks of 10, um, so I'm not running all over the place. Um, very rewarding, though, to uh, gift those books to women who wouldn't ordinarily have an opportunity to learn these important conversational skills, learn how to ask for what they want. So just to give you an idea, some of the chapters, there's eight chapters. Um, it's not a, you know, I wrote this in a weekend. It was nine months of of downloads and creation to put this together and then another nine months to edit it and get it out and about. But chapter one is about how everyday, or sorry, how to change everyday language, language that trips women up. So looking at things like simple words, you know, no, yes, why, but, you, and then the concept of creating space. Chapter two, asking for what you want and getting it. Three is about elevating positive self-talk and confidence. Chapter four is about key words, awakening these words to empower your success, exploring things like courage, trust, freedom, receiving. That's a one, a difficult one for women sometimes. Keeping things in perspective. Uh, chapter five is about eliminating negative Nelly and low vibration words like should, fine, wrong, fear, strive. Chapter six is about harmonious words for a happy home. Seven is to to look at powerful words at work, to be heard. Now, on that topic, be heard, I'm actually going to be hosting an executive roundtable on January the 11th, and, and it's all about speaking like a CEO. So if you haven't had a chance to get invited to that yet, please uh, tag me on LinkedIn, send me a quick message, let me know that you'd like an invite and I will coordinate that with the team that's working on that. And then the last one is chapter eight, when no words are required. That's all about things like silence and using a power pause, being intentional in your energy, your presence, your language, your body language, your career advancement, your wardrobe, 
um, how important first impressions are, and then about choices and timing. So there's lots of juicy content in the book, really about increasing your power in your conversations. How can you do that? Have more, more credibility, more confidence, more courage, because you've done your own inner work before you've chosen to ask for what it is that you want. You've positioned it. You've known what's important to the other person. And the last thing I want to speak about briefly is knowing the personality style of the person who's sitting in front of you, because we all hear things based on our values. One of my uh, sets of values is nurturing style. So I'm very much concerned about what's the impact for people? How can I make a difference about personal growth, authenticity, contribution, morality? Those are things that I value. Whereas the value, and I have these cards, it's actually a structured system called the bank system. Stands for blueprint, action, knowledge, uh, sorry, nurturing and knowledge. Those are the four different personality styles. Um, If it was speaking to a knowledge-based supervisor, then yes, you want to show logic and you want to show self-mastery, but give the numbers. Very important to have the data. A blueprint style leader that you're having a conversation with is all about systems, structure, processes, planning, credentials. And then the action person is uh, an action supervisor is the one who just wants the highlights. Give me the bottom line. Give me the impact. How do we win with this? How is it fun? How are you action oriented? Um, have a sense of of excitement. Don't talk slowly in a monotone voice because you're not going to capture their attention. There's so much more that I wanted to share. This is just a taste of what's to come in the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show series, which hosts every two weeks on BBS radio uh, streaming out of California. I invite you to join me. I invite you to join me to pick up a copy of Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. Tag me on LinkedIn. Let's connect if you haven't yet received an invitation for the um, executive roundtable talking all about uh, how to speak like a CEO. And also, if you wanted to receive more information about the audiobook and didn't quite catch that, didn't have a pen to write it down, again, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I'm happy to answer your questions if you didn't have a chance to dial in today. I know a lot of people are back to work today and have a heavy work day and can't take time out in the middle of the day to dial in and be on a live show. So join me for the next Words, Women and Wisdom radio show and tag me. Send me a message. Let me know which out of these tips today I shared has been most helpful for you and what difference has it made. Happy New Year, kicking off January. This is the 2nd of January, a special show. I'm your host, Yvonne L. Silva, and I look forward to staying in touch. Bye for now, everybody.